Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, my name is John Gudetti, and this is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Guy Scamandieta, and you listen to La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Rez Takanov, and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Great to have you with us. Time to recap match day 27 then in Spain's top division. As always, all of the squad involved in a power-packed half an hour, not even. So, on the way, Barcelona come from behind to beat Rayo, find out which player Roman is bigging up. His passing was on point, his controls were precise, his decision making was really good and he was actually managing to dribble past defenders and creating a lot of offensive chances for Barca Real Madrid finally get a win away to Valladolid while Atletico are lacking left backs here's Ewan that leaves the options of Solano and the two right backs Arias and Juanfran we've seen Juanfran play in the left before this season and he's been decent so I think this is the most likely option Valencia and Sevilla both concede twice but both win as they continue to chase Champions League qualification and we're out and about at grounds in La Liga for Focusing on the scrap to avoid the drop. Paco watching Levante against Villarreal. Instead of a feisty original derby, fear itself made a starring appearance. We saw the most conservative version of Villarreal in weeks, whereas Levante were just unable to go boldly and with faith to win the game. And Alex back at Balaidos for Fran Escrivá's first match in charge of Celta. We've seen Celta take another approach in this match. They haven't minded not having the ball as long as they can win it high up the pitch, which also decreased their own individual mistakes. And your three word verdicts are back yay strap yourselves in that's all coming up We're desperately hoping that there's still life in the title race in La Liga, but it ain't easy. Still, that's our first focus. Barcelona could have suffered an unlikely stutter as they continue to serenely defend their crown. Second bottom, Rabe can obviously the camp now on Saturday evening and inside half an hour. Raul de Tomas running at Piquet. Goes it all alone! What a finish from Raul de Tomas! Textbook stuff from the Real Madrid man on Loterraya via Cano. We've seen him do that before. That 
that's his speciality. One of the players who doesn't mind being all alone up front. And against the run of play on 24 minutes, Raudir Tomas makes it 1-0 with a first-class finish beyond the reach of Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. So that's how it sounded on 11 Sports in the UK when RDT hit the back of the net. But we've been here before with Barca and, in fact, Ernesto Valverde himself admitted that his team seemed to play better when they're behind. This match changed before and after half-time. Lionel Messi's free kick was headed home by Gerard Piquet for 1-1 on 39 minutes and then Messi fired home the penalty after Nelson Semedo was fouled in the box by Jordi Amat for 2-1 on 51 minutes. Luis Suarez ran the things off with a fine move, interlinking with both Nelson Smedo and Ivan Rakitic before finishing. And it means that Messi and Suarez together have now scored 43 goals in the league. That's the same as Real Madrid's tally before kickoff in their game. But again, Philippe Coutinho failed to impress. Barcelona continued to keep their healthy lead intact whilst not being too troubled overall. Uh, let's get some more analysis on this game then. Uh, Liga Lodan's Roman Derqueres, our man in Barcelona. Roman, who were the standout players for you on this occasion? for both sides and why. One of the standout players was no doubt Luis Suarez, one of his best overall performances this season. We're used to seeing how clumsy he can be with the ball, controlling, passing, shooting. That sometimes is something he struggles with, even though he's one of the best strikers in the world. But in this game, none of that really happened. His passing was on point, his controls were precise, his decision-making was really good, and he was actually managing to dribble past defenders and creating a lot of offensive chances for Barca. So great game from Luis Suarez there. Also, Nelson Semedo, he's becoming more and more offensive. That's what Barca wanted when they signed him, because at the beginning he was a bit timid, he was just not daring to go forward, but now he's doing so constantly. And he actually was key in provoking that penalty and in the third goal, Barca scores. So great game from Semedo too. Whereas in Rayo Vallecano, I have to point out Raul de Tomas. He's definitely their best player and he should actually be playing in a better club. I mean, his quality is tremendous. He scored an amazing goal from outside the box and he was basically creating all the attacking chances for Rayo Vallecano. So great game from De Tomas, even though his team lost in the end. Thanks, Roman. Well, they're back at the camp now on Wednesday for Barcelona's second leg of their Champions League last 16 tie against Lyon. Goalless after the first leg. Not as easy as it might seem. Remember, if the French side score one, Barca need two. For Rayo, their poor run of form continues after an unbeaten sequence of four wins in five. They've lost their last six. Next up for them, it's a trip to Villarreal, which is a crucial game. Now, Atletico kept the gap at the top to seven points by winning earlier on Saturday, 1-0 at home to Leganes. Essentially, this was all about winning with the minimum of fuss, with Juventus in mind on Tuesday night. Antoine Griezmann played the first half and then was taken off. Alvaro Morata was an unused sub on the bench. Diego Costa not even in the squad. The goal came early in the second half. Angel Correa going down admittedly like a sack of potatoes after Kenneth Omarua flicked out a leg. Lega boss and Mauricio Pellegrino claimed that it was a soft penalty and it is hard to disagree. With Griezmann replaced by Thomas Lamar at the break, it was another half-time sub, Saul, who ended up taking the spot kick, but it was saved by Real Madrid loney Andre Lunin, ironically enough, only for Saul to spare his own blushes with the rebound. The other thing about Saul was that he was the third left-back in this game for Atleti. Academy graduate Andres Solano has started the game in that position, then replaced by Santiago Arias, and then it was Saul as Solano came off the pitch, and finally it was Juan Fran who came off the bench to replace Nikola Kalinic. Hope you're still with us. Uh, it meant that Atleti finished with Bitolo and Angel Correa up front. All a bit weird, all a bit confusing, although Atleti players are the masters of versatility this season. And it appears to be working. Five wins in all competitions without conceding. Let's speak to Ewan McTeer on this strange left-back conundrum. Uh, Lucas Hernandez and Felipe Luis were injured, therefore not in the match day 18. Uh, Ewan, how much of a concern is this for Atleti? And is it something that Juventus could exploit this week? Well, to do natural options out, left-back is a big question mark for Simi 
Simeone. And it's made even more complicated by the fact that Saul will be needed in central midfield. He's played left-back on eight occasions this season by Mackin, but has to play in the middle due to the suspension of Thomas Partey. That leaves the options of Solano, which I'm just going to rule out straight away because it won't happen, and the two right-backs, Arias and Juan Fran. We've seen Juan Fran play in the left before this season, and he's been decent, so I think this is the most likely option. And I'm happy with that, as I love me some Juan Fran. He won't offer much going forward, but he'll be defensively solid, especially as he's a right-footer and should be going up against left-footed Paulo Dybala. It's not ideal for Atletico, but it is what it is. And, on the flip side, Juve are without their own starting left-back, as Alexandro suspended. Cheers, Ewan. Well, Atleti have control of their Champions League tie, turning up heading to Turin. And, of course, with their European nemesis, Real Madrid, out of the tournament, it becomes their main focus. For Lega, it is a fifth away defeat in six in all competitions. That coming after four unbeaten on the road. Mauricio Pellegrini's side still look fine in terms of relegation, etc. Their Butarque form should keep them up. to the Estadio José Zorrilla where Real Madrid were trying to restore a bit of pride and much-needed confidence away to Ravalolid after a truly awful week. Now Madrid ran out 4-1 winners but the scoreline really flattered them. They were nowhere to be seen in the first half an hour where Valladolid dominated. The hosts missed a penalty they had two goals ruled out both by VAR both for offside and then they finally scored. A deep cross from Keko the ball guided back into the six-yard box at full stretch by Sergio Guardiola and Anwar tapped in for 1-0 and guess what well that woke Madrid up. Avalo keeper Jordi Masip then flapped at a corner the ball bounced off Nacho and was tapped in by uh, Rafael Varane for 1-1 into the second half and Los Blancos had this game sewn up before the hour first Alvaro de Riosola was brought down by Oscar Plano in the box Karim Benzema confidently dispatched the ensuing penalty and then Benzema was left completely unmarked at a corner taken by Tony Kroos and the Frenchman headed past Masip again and after Casemiro's red card well, Luka Modric combined with Benzema danced his way into the box and scored the fourth and that was that but it still wasn't all that convincing Convincing. And Madrid head coach Solari was fairly understated, saying that they scored goals on Sunday night that they could have done within other games, fine. On his future, he simply said that there's always noise after a week like the one they'd endured recently and, and a bunch of other cliches. And on Isco not even being in the travelling party for this game after recent tensions between player and coach, well, he claimed that the matter was closed and that disciplinary issues are dealt with internally. But at least it's a win, Santi. That's something, uh, even though your season is pretty much over in March. Every cloud, eh? Uh, Still, another Madrid-based team are pulling up trees. They are exceeding expectations and much, much more besides. And you know what? It is totally deserved. Hetafe strengthened their hold on fourth place with a hard-earned 2-1 win at home to bottom side. Wesker having gone behind to Ender Gallego's close-range volley on 25 minutes. But it was a lead that Wesker couldn't hang on to at the Coliseum Alfonso Perez. Jaime Mata, who else, turned this game around. His equaliser was a deflected shot to beat Roberto Santamaria after being fed by Jorge Molina, a goal verified by the VAR. And his winner was a penalty after Genet was brought down in the box by Javi Galan. That takes Matas La Liga tally this season to 13 goals, which has prompted calls for a call-up to the Spain squad. Hetafe hit the bar twice after that, but Wesker thought they should have had a penalty after Mauro Arambari grappled with Damian Musto. However, nothing was given. VAR was not even consulted. When things go for you, they go for you, and if Hetafe were a touch lucky there, well, there's no doubt they have earned that luck. And as a collective, they're impressing. This goes deeper than Mata and his fellow forwards, who are also prolific. Heta are unbeaten in six. They've won four of those, including the last three, and their advantage over fifth place is now four points. So allow us to dream for a moment. Could Heta for actually 
actually pull this off? Could we see them in the Champions League next season? Let's go back to you and McTeer on this one. We actually could see it happen. They've got a four-point advantage just now, and that's over Alaves, but I think are less of a threat than the other candidates. Looking at Atafi's remaining fixtures, they've got a lot of winnable games. Sevilla and Real Madrid will be tough, but Atafi get them both at the Coliseum. Valencia and Barcelona are way are the other trickiest fixtures, but they take on Valencia next weekend, backed by momentum, and three days after Valencia play in Russia, and they play Barcelona in the penultimate round when they might have already wrapped up the title. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's happening, and it'd be amazing. They've never been to the Champions League before, but they've had two UEFA Cup campaigns, and those fixtures are so fondly remembered by the fans. If you go to the fan group headquarters, just outside the stadium, you'll see all the photos and half-and-half scarves from matches against the likes of Tottenham and Bayern Munich. For a taffy to have more European nights would be really special. Thanks again, Ewan. Well, for Wesker, they are four points from safety. There is still time for them to save themselves. It's not like all their good work of three wins in five games has been totally undone. That's it for part one of this podcast. Part two on the way shortly, where we look at the battle for Europa League places and the relegation scrap as well. We'll see you in a couple of ticks. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to this Lally Go Down mini pod with Reds Sakanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Uh, let's focus on the race for Europe now. Fifth place Alaves stretched their unbeaten run to five games as they drew 1 1 with Eibar in a Basque derby at Mendizorotza. No goals in the first half, but the opener was special. Uh, Johnny's superb reverse pass to play in Takashi Inui down the right, and the Japanese completely deceived Eibar keeper Marco Dimitrich with a fantastic feint and passed into the net from an acute angle against his former side. But Eibar then took the game to the host. Fabian Oriana setting up a Marcandola for his equaliser. Fair result in the end, but let's talk about a few creative influences in both teams. Um, Alex Johnson uh, was watching this game. Alex, give us your assessment of the performances of Inui, Johnny, and also Oriana. Just how important are they? Well, losing Ibai Gomez was a hard blow for the creativity of Deportivo Alaves. And when Inui made his debut for them, they hadn't scored a goal in three consecutive matches. So he's been incredibly important in creating and scoring goals 
goals. Two goals in the last two matches now. Johnny comes into that as well. The main struggle Alaves have had this season came when he was out injured. They live off their counter-attacks and he's the main man creating them. That was the case again on Saturday. Now for Eibar, I've said this many times before, but Oriana. He remains one of the most underrated players in La Liga. On Saturday, he was everywhere. He's one of those few players who can create something out of nothing and win a match completely on his own with one single move. Cheers, Alex. Well, Alaves are fifth, one point clear of sixth place, currently occupied by Sevilla, who enjoyed a 5-2 win at home to Real Sociedad. This was vital. This was energising, particularly for their boss, Pablo Machin, who had been under real pressure. And he had Wissam Benyeda to thank the Frenchman scoring a hat-trick after Papa Sarabia's headed to give Sevilla the lead and Mikel Oyasabal's crisp strike for 1-1. The start of the second half was the Benyeda show. Three goals in just 13 minutes. This was peak poacher, typically opportunistic stuff. Roque Mesa harried and tackled and Jesus Navas played in Benyeda for his first, dinked over Heron Morugi, and then he pounced after his head bounced down off the crossbar onto the goal line and his third involved him prompting a poor back pass from Raul Navas and punishing the indecision of Ruyi to shoot into an empty net from all of 40 yards out. Rasosida imploded in 22nd half minutes. Oyatabal scored a hatch of his own. Admittedly, it included an own goal for Sevilla's fifth, but then a penalty at the right end after Gabi Mercado had handballed in the area. Pablo Machin said the essence of what he likes was seen in his team's performance, while Sarabia said the team showed they had desire and that hopefully this was a turning point and they can now move upwards. After three straight defeats in the league, it is just their first win in six, second in 11, which shows just how much they've struggled. Valencia are up to seventh after a frenetic game away to Girona, which they eventually won by three goals to two, despite being twice pegged back. Gonzalo Guedes gave them the lead inside a quarter of an hour after Rodrigo played him in, and the Portuguese finally scored his first goal since his permanent move to Mestalla. The equaliser came soon after. Alex Grané with one of those wonderful deliveries into the box. Ramalho with the bullet header for 1-1. Then the second half, Dani Parejo with a stunning finish to beat Bono at his near post after Guedes had his effort from distance charged down. It was Parejo's 50th goal in Valencia colours, and it looked like Marcelino's side would clinch the points. That was until minute 83. Mukhtar Diakabi penalised for handball by VAR. Christian Stuani firing home the penalty to score his 16th La Liga goal of the season, and that made it 2-2. But then into stoppage time, and Jeffrey Condoglia played a beautiful ball through to Ferran Torres, who rounded Bono and ciphered it home to win it. Wow. What a couple of months it's been for Valencia, by the way. Unbeaten in nine games in La Liga, through to a Copa del Rey final, and now starting to score a bit more freely. Uh, let's get Roman Derquez's view on the situation. Uh, Roman, what's been the major factor, would you say, in them peaking now for the business end of the season? First of all, credit to Valencia for sticking with Marcelino. I mean, there was a lot of doubt from the fans, from the press, but Valencia decided to stick with him, to trust him, because they knew he had a plan and that he could take Valencia to this level, which they are showing right now. I mean, Parejo, for example, he's been so consistent lately. He was massive against Girona with that super goal and he was so important in the build-up. So was Condobia with that great pass for Ferran Torres to win the game. Gamero and Rodrigo are now scoring goals. So is Guedes, who's recovering his best form. So, I mean, it was worth all those rotations. It was worth all that suffering. And now Valencia can fight for the Europa League. They can fight for Champions League positions and they can fight for that Copa del Rey. Cheers, Roman. Well, 
to the relegation battle now. We're going around the grounds with reporters at two stadiums. With all around them losing, this could be one of the most significant wins for Villarreal. Two goals to nil away to Levante on Sunday evening. But to be honest, it's not like they actually deserved it. After Levante had a goal ruled out by VAR for offside, the first goal was a Robert own goal in the 90th minute after a cross from Vicente Borra. And then Sabacho Cueza curled a left foot shot into the top left-hand corner in stoppage time for good measure. La Liga Lowdown's Paco Bolit was watching at the Estadio Ciudad de Valencia. Just listen to how empty and cold the atmosphere sounds after the final whistle. Villarreal stunned the entire crowd here with their smash and grab in the last few minutes. Levante fans were just shaking their heads in disbelief. Instead of a feisty regional derby, fear itself made a staring appearance. We saw the most conservative version of Villarreal in weeks, whereas Levante were just unable to go boldly and with faith to win the game. They tried and they were better, but with no luck at all. The disallowed goal in the first half after an amazing Ruben Rochina strike burst Levante's offensive bubble and they never got their mojo back, despite the excellent performances by Rochina himself and Ennis Barty. Villarreal, meanwhile, only had a few chances to generate peril, but in truth, they were more worried about defending. Still, could this be the stroke of luck that they desperately need? Those two late goals meant that they were able to come away with a huge win, which Villarreal's bench and especially Javi Callejas celebrated wildly on the sidelines. Villarreal live to fight another day. They have to believe more now. Levante, meanwhile, have gotten themselves into big trouble. Now, this was our chosen game for Partidas Predictions. You know the drill. We do it as a video thread on our Twitter account. We are at Ali on Twitter, so feel free to give us a cheeky follow and get to know us on social media. Roman and myself both predicted a Villarreal win, but neither of us got the scoreline spot on, so we add just a single point to our respective tallies. So here are the overall standings. Paco is top on 23 points. Ewan, Roman and myself tied for second on 14 points. Alex on 10 points. The battle for second is well and truly on. And thanks also to you lot for getting involved on Twitter. From the east of Spain to the northwest and to Balaidos, as a Celta Vigo also went in search of valuable points at home to Rabetis. A first match in charge for new head coach Fran Escrivá, who'd replaced Miguel Cardoso. Uh, an open game ended as a win for Betis by a single goal to nil. Jesse Rodriguez scoring in the 82nd minute his first goal for any team of any description since August 2017 after substitute to Cristian Teo had forced a save from Ruben Blanco and Jesse turned home the rebound. Now the referee had originally ruled it out for offside but VAR revealed that Teo had been comfortably onside and the goal stood. Now despite the defeat this was a bit more of an organised Celta than we've seen this season but how else did Escriba stamp his authority on his new team? Alex Johnson filed this full-time report from Balaidos. I don't think Fran Escriba sat down a single time during the entire match. He was at his touchline screaming instructions and taking every break to speak to one to three players, constantly pushing them to press high and they did, winning the ball several times on the Betis half. We've seen Celta take another approach in this match. They haven't minded not having the ball as long as they can win it high up the pitch, which also decreased their own individual mistakes. Instead, their intense pressure several times made Betis be the one to make the mistakes. In attack, we've seen a 4-2-3-1 formation, while in defense, they've gone down to 4-4-2, which puts the forwards under a lot of pressure to work hard and defend. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how some players like Budibus, Bufal and Sisto will take on these responsibilities. Though there is still a lot, and I mean, 
a lot for Celta to work on. It's already evident for the first time this season they have a coach who actually knows what he's doing. Now the Friday night game was a mid-table clash between Athletic Club and Espanyol. It finished 1-1 at San Mamés. Probably a better point for the visitors who scored the opener inside the first 10 minutes. A fine flying move involving Naldo, Javi Lopez, Esteban Granero and Wule before Chucky Ferreira fired home. The sort of move reminiscent of their early season form and proof again of how important Wule is for Ruby's side. But then as we approach the last 10 minutes, substitute Ibai Gomez curled a beautiful cross into the box with the outside of his right boot. Raul Garcia glanced his head at Patio Lopez, scoring for a fourth straight game. It is Athletic's 13th draw in 27 league matches this season. They stretched their unbeaten home league run to nine matches. Espanyol haven't won away since the 21st of October. Now don't forget this week we've got to the conclusion of five European knockout ties involving La Liga sides. The last 16 of the Champions League and Europa League. Atletico take that 2 0 to events on Tuesday. Barcelona goalless as they welcome Lyon on Wednesday. I hear the scores heading into the second legs of those Europa League ties. Villarreal bring a 3-1 lead over Zenit St. Petersburg back home. Valencia take a 2-1 advantage to Krasnodar and Sevilla are 2-2 as they head to the Czech Republic for their second leg against Slavia Prague. Let's get a read on all those ties with Paco Bolit. I actually believe all three Spanish teams will progress. Villarreal's morale boost from their late win against Levante will surely help them make the most of their two-goal advantage. And Russian teams don't tend to travel well anyway. Meanwhile, Valencia sure were and are much better than Krasnodar, but their opponents have an away goal from Mestalla, so that might make it a tricky trip to the south of Russia. The Bats will need to score quickly if they want to take the sting out of the evening. Last but not least, Sevilla. 2-2 at home was not a good result, but after seeing them recovering some of their dynamite at the weekend with their five goals against Real Sociedad, they should be able to win and squeeze into the last eight. That would be a strong representation from La Liga and we'd have a good chance of keeping the trophy in this country. Thanks, Paco. Okay, time for your three-word verdicts on the weekend. Plenty of you submitting them to us on Twitter, so thank you for that. Uh, Johnny Green went for Gedesh finally scores. Yeah, took a while, didn't it, Johnny? Uh, Steen has said Betis striker needed. Yes, Betis are erratic and not particularly prolific, got to be said. Uh, Chris Robin Erickson tried to crowbar his three words into about a million characters in capitals with hyphens. Uh, late drama at Monty Levy, hyphen VAR where, hyphen La Real shutdown. We appreciate the effort, Chris. Uh, Martin Devlin's verdict. Who's working via um, that's to do with that hilarious moment in the Valladolid Real Madrid game where they were looking at one of the decisions, the screen splits and there's a shot of a completely empty VAR room, maybe they just all got fed up uh, To be your Moose's three words are Black Magic Returns and David Campbell has the sentiment spot on by saying World's Best League Hard to disagree with that David uh, Let's finish off by telling you how the table looks in La Liga after 27 rounds of games Barcelona are top on 63 points Atletico second on 56, Real Madrid third on 51, Getafe fourth on 45 and then a real bun fight for the Europa League places with Alaves, Sevilla, Valencia and Rapetis. At the bottom it's Huesca with 22 points and Rayo second bottom on 23. Celta are now in the relegation zone on 25 above those Villarreal and Real Valladolid on 26 points. Well that's it for this mini pod. Uh, don't forget to check in with our Twitter feed. Our handle is at La Liga Lowdown. We'll make sure that we keep you across all of that European action on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and of course Friday, Saturday and Sunday for the next La Liga match day. There's still plenty to fight for up and down Spain's top division. That's all I legal down. We'll see you next time.
This was a Radio Stakhanov production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.